Hi, everybody, and, and welcome to the uh, colloquium series. Today, we're really lucky to have uh, Maureen Sullivan, who is uh, president-elect of the American Library Association. And she's going to talk about um, getting professionally involved and the benefits of getting professionally involved, how to get involved, and um, what it was like running for um, the uh, leadership position in the American Library Association. So just a little biography, Maureen Sullivan is a widely recognized leader and educator in the library profession. Her career has included positions as a human resources administrator at two major research libraries, a consultant and trainer with the Association of Research Libraries, a member of the faculty in the managerial leadership in the information professions PhD program at the Simmons College, and in one of the annual institutes sponsored by uh, the Harvard Graduate School of Education. She's had several leaderships um, in the American Library Association, including two of its um, divisions. Welcome, Maureen. Thank you. I'm delighted to be doing this. And my approach is going to be to address the topics that Lori just reviewed with all of us. So let me begin with why I decided to accept the invitation to run for this national office. I had actually been asked several times before. So some of you can begin to imagine one of the things I considered was, would they ever ask me again? And decided that that really was not an important factor. What was going to be more important was to address the question, was this the right time to do this? given where I am in my career, the work that I do, but also was my background and interest going to be a good match for the ALA leadership position at this time. And I took quite a bit of time to give this some thought and decided, given the new ALA strategic plan, which is dated 2015, and particularly the quality ideas and some of the future focus that is suggested through the goals and initiatives there, that there was a good match between the work to be done and what I thought I would bring, particularly the area of transforming libraries, where a lot of my career has been devoted to preparing leaders for the role in transformation, but I've also had the privilege of facilitating a fair amount of work that has been targeted at transforming the field. The second factor for my consideration was the idea that ALA as an organization has reached a point where there have been several initiatives to really call the question, is the current ALA organization structured in a way that is going to enable us to really thrive in the future, and particularly to be the kind of association that would attract people who are new to the field and cause them to be retained or to choose to stay in the field. And the Young Librarians Task Force, a group that Camilla O'Leary appointed during her presidency year, had produced their final report right at the time I was trying to make the decision. And the content of that report was another serious factor for me. At that time, I had not seen the report that came out of still another presidential task force, and that is the Future Perfect one. But when I saw the results of that, work at the annual conference this past year, I felt very much confirmed in the decision to pursue the office. The campaign itself was
was something that I very much enjoyed and found somewhat easy to manage. It did require that I respond to a number of requests to put to writing some of my ambitions and goals, but also to address some of the key questions among the membership. And I was told ahead of time that I would be asked to do a lot of writing. I did not find the writing that I was asked to do to be onerous, but rather a real chance for me to take the time to reflect on how I thought about some of the issues that were posed. Social media has made campaigning for this office and getting both my interest in the position and the reasons for it and my position on some of the issues out to the membership much more readily and I think in a much broader way than may have been the case before we had such extensive use of social media. I was very privileged to have about five people step forward and offer to help me with setting up a Twitter account, being able to set up a Facebook account. And if any of you are monitoring or monitor today what I'm doing, I'm not active in those arenas in the way that I should be. But I have people who are helping me to do that. A really critical element in my approach and my feelings about how valuable and fun the campaign was came from early conversations with the other candidates. This Dorian and I had known each other and become professionally active in ALA through the division, which is now called the Library Leadership and Management Association, very early in our careers. And we had deep respect for each other and also were both very committed to having a campaign experience that would be productive and not any more competitive than it needed to be. So we reached an understanding in our very first phone call that if either of us had a concern about what the other was doing, we would communicate that to each other. I also thought before the campaign began that there would be more required of me in terms of travel. It turned out I traveled more than Sue did. She's based in Bloomington, Illinois. So being able to fly to places like New York City or New Jersey was more than she wanted to do. But thanks to Skype, we were able to do several sessions for people who were interested in listening to us where I was on site, but she came in through Skype. And I especially appreciate the way she dealt with me because she had a couple of invitations to do things and accepted only on the condition that I would be invited to do that as well. So very much a fair and balanced experience. Coming out of the campaign, and particularly once the election results were announced, uh, I have to tell you one of the most wonderful things about the whole experience was the extent to which I reconnected with people with whom I had worked or gotten to know very, gotten to know very early in my career. I was getting messages from people that I hadn't talked with in more than 25 years, and it was really wonderful to hear from those individuals. Another very positive outcome of the experience was the chance to learn so much more about ALA, and particularly units within ALA that I had not had the opportunity to work or get to know. One of the things both of us did, and this is part of the practice with these campaigns, is to use the midwinter meeting of ALA as a means to meet with groups. And most of the groups that invited each of us to attend their meetings were very explicit that it was to be brief and that we had an opportunity to offer our remarks 
briefly, but then um, be ready for questions. So I had a chance especially to get to know the people who are now in leadership positions within some of the ethnic caucuses, the roundtables, and, and parts of ALA, as I've already said, that I really hadn't gotten to know. And of course, one of the other things that the whole campaign required was that I start learning more about some of the issues that I, up to that point, was only hearing about. But now to the where I am as president-elect, I am very much in a position where I'm learning. I've only been asked by current president Molly Raphael to stand in for her once up to this point. And that gave me the privilege of going to the school library conference last week in Minneapolis. And I was able to spend two days there. And it turned out to be a professional development opportunity for me, so much more than what I was contributing to the conference. I gave reading in the opening general session. And again, a place where I reconnected with people that I had not spent time with in some time. So as president-elect, the other responsibility that I have is to serve on the executive board of ALA. And in that capacity, particularly since I've never served on the executive board, nor have I been a member of council, I'm learning so much more about how the association itself works. I split my orientation into two days, the first day of which was in September, and I go in next week for the second day. And what orientation consists of is spending time with the key people in the different staff offices at ALA. So I feel very much um, as if I'm a student of ALA, a student of the issues in our field, but also someone who has regular opportunities now to listen to people in the field, primarily people who are ALA members, because they both their concerns, but also their hopes for a positive future for the field as well as for ALA itself. Let me just address the third topic, and that is the benefits of professional involvement in associations. And then I'll pause for your questions. I, from the beginning of becoming a librarian, and for me that happened when I received my degree from the University of Maryland in 1976. And within several months, I accepted and began to work in my first professional position, which was to be the assistant personnel librarian in the libraries of the University of Maryland. At that time, there were very few of those positions generally in academic libraries. And since that time, the capacity and the staffing within what we would now call the Human Resources Office in those larger libraries has really grown. Because my first position was in personnel administration, there were groups within ALA that were immediately identified for me by colleagues at Maryland as places that I could turn to for my own professional development. And that particularly meant joining what was then LAMA, the Library Administration and Management Association. That experience from the first several months that I was a member until today, and probably well into the future, really helped shape my thinking about the importance of leadership and effective management and administration in the library field. But it also gave me a set of colleagues and a place that I could count on for 
help and resources, mentoring, and generally my own professional development. I, some of you may know that I was one of the principal people helping to establish ALA's Emerging Leaders Program. And one of those things that drew me to that, and to this day I'm still doing some work with that initiative, is the fact that when I first became a librarian, doing that personnel work at Maryland, I had the opportunity for the kind of help and support from ALA that I hope today's generation of emerging leaders is receiving. No one would have ever called me that, but that's certainly, as I look back on it, how I view that role. I feel that I owe a debt to the American Library Association, to all of the leaders with whom I've had the privilege of working across different types of libraries. And that's another reason why I really feel privileged to hold the position of president-elect. And I very much look forward to ending that year as president, where I will have the opportunity to really support initiatives that are occurring throughout the association as much as I will have the chance to foster some of the things that I think are critically important. And let me make one last comment, and then I'll be very happy to hear your questions. Since 1991, when I established my consulting practice, I have been very devoted to doing all that I can to enhance the leadership capacity within this field. And most often, we think first the leadership capacity within individuals, but I also see capacity within the groups with which I work, and I also am one who looks at every organization through the lens of to what extent do we see leadership occurring throughout this organization and what's in place to help with the leadership development there. So I believe very strongly that ALA, its division, all of the different units within ALA and the other associations in our field are among the best sources for individual leadership development, particularly because it gives us the means for leadership development outside of the organizations that employ us, but also in a setting where we come together with other colleagues who are interested in learning and who are eager to learn through doing collaborative work. So just to sum all of this up, for me, our professional associations, especially ALA, are wonderful places for strengthening, enhancing our leadership capacity, but they're also terrific ways of extending our professional network and ensuring that we have colleagues in this profession who are available as resources, but also available to us as supports for our learning and our best practice. So with that, I'll just stop and hope that there are questions. Hi, Maureen. I'm, um live in Claremont, California. I'm just, my name is Margot Tannenbaum and I'm finishing up my San Jose State degree this semester. I started the program in 2008 right before the economy crashed with the goal of being a children's librarian. There, um, as you probably know, California is one of the worst states in terms of the job market now for librarians. So I really have been trying to get active with ALA and this year, I applied for two different ALA programs, Emerging Leaders and also the Morris Seminar through ALSC, 
I was turned down for both opportunities. And frankly, it was a very discouraging process because I was not given any input as to why my applications were turned down. So frankly, I don't really even have a sense as to what I could have done to make the application stronger. Um, I thought I was quite a strong applicant for both programs, to be perfectly frank with you. And I have actually contacted to try to get feedback. But I just wanted to make the suggestion that uh, I haven't been able to get any feedback on my applications, but I wanted to make the suggestion that this might be something that ALA could provide, because it's really not a very constructive process when you just get turned down and you don't have any idea why. So maybe you could comment about that. I particularly will reflect what I know from the emerging leaders process. I'm not familiar with ALP, but from emerging leaders, I can tell you that there are many more applications every year than there are spots. And the years that I've been involved in the selection, it has been a very difficult struggle to identify who would be in that final set. And it is a case where the first cut is always the individuals who are most matching what the criteria are, and the criteria are very general, particularly for emerging leaders. And it then becomes a case of trying to select a group that is as, and the best phrase I have for this, Margot, is as representative as possible across the field. So I know this is no consolation to someone in your position, but it's a real struggle to do this, and people who are not selected it doesn't mean that they weren't worthy of it. It's just how the process itself came out. Now, to the real question you're asking, which is, how about some feedback so that I can strengthen my application? I really applaud that because I understand that if you're going to apply again, you'd like to be able to do what you can to strengthen that application. We don't yet have a means for providing that kind of feedback, and we've not offered it. Because if everyone were to take advantage of that, it would mean it would probably be ALA member time rather than staff time because it's ALA members who do the selection who would have to be in a position to offer that kind of a service. And I think it would be the time constraints that would keep that from happening. Now, having said all of that, if you want um, a suggestion about how you might proceed one thought would be to identify people who are active in ALA who might be able to review your application and offer some guidance on that. And if you think it wouldn't take a lot of my time, I'd be happy to take that step for you. Okay, thanks so much. I really appreciate your advice. Uh, Maureen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with our um, San Jose State uh, Library and Information Science community. Um, I, as you know, I'm the director of the school. And I had a question for you about what you would recommend to our students who uh, would like to get involved and engaged in the American Library Association. And what would be some good approaches for them to um, get started and get their feet wet? Sometimes ALA can feel 
it's a big organization and it's a little hard to know where to start. Um, and we do encourage our students to get and um, to take on leadership roles and to become professionally involved in their um, um, professional community. So what would be your advice to students to um, to get them get them started and, and what would be the right approach? A student member. And related to that, to become active and to look for opportunities for leadership roles within the particular student chapter at San Jose State. And one of the things that I think many of us are learning is how much we can accomplish virtually, even given the limitations of that kind of an approach to learning, there is still the ability to get to know one another through whatever social networking means you would have available at the school. The second thing would be to look at the whole set of groups and activities within ALA and begin to identify a couple, and I would do more than one or two, in which the student would have real interest. And look to see if there's anyone you know who's already involved and reach out to them. But if there isn't anyone that the student would already know, to reach out either to the chair or someone who is geographically nearby to begin a conversation on exactly this topic. How do I become um, engaged in this work? It used to be that I would say, show up at the meeting and after the meeting, introduce yourself to individuals. And if you have business cards, leave those business cards behind. But that's not always feasible for people these days. But somehow, getting in touch and making known the interest would be really important. And I started with the first step that I would encourage students to take is to join ALA as a student member. And related to that, to become active in the student chapter at the school and to look for opportunities to be engaged but also to assume a leadership role. And particularly for people who are members or, or who are students by virtue of the online program, not to let that be an inhibitor but to look for ways to engage with other students and to do activities that can happen in a virtual way. I also would encourage people to become active and to look for places in ALA as a whole to serve on committees. And I mentioned the intern appointment. Not all ALA committees have interns, but many of them do. And the intern slot is a means to get involved and really learn how the committee works and to be able to make the decision, is this a group that I would want to serve on? And usually, if the intern is going to become a full member, it's usually the result of the intern very much wanting that to happen. I also was encouraging people to think about an appointment at this stage. Those of you who are already members of ALA can go to the ALA.org website and complete the volunteer form that is due this Friday, November 4th, if you want to be considered for appointment to an ALA-wide committee at this stage. And I, I remember closing with the suggestion that individuals be persistent. And I also would encourage everyone to think not just of the one place where you'd most want to be involved, but to select a couple of possibilities because it, the circumstances in each are going to be different. And what I think each of us wants to do is to find places where the engagement is going to be meaningful for us. 
and not to put, as my mother would have said, all of our eggs in one basket. I hope I picked up all the ideas that I had expressed earlier. Thank you, Maureen. Um, we have a question from somebody who, who typed in, and then uh, we'll go to you, Margo. Um, Carrie Moran uh, just started working as an instruction reference librarian at a community college in North Carolina. Um, her question is, how did you juggle working full time with being committed to organizational responsibilities? I think it started with a paper that I wrote when I was getting my master's degree in library science. For whatever reason, I chose to study and write about what it means to be a professional. And that was a really, I'm sure it was just serendipitous, but it proved to be a really good move for me because I came into the field with an understanding that as a professional, it was my responsibility to go beyond thinking of my work as being 40 to 45 hours. But it was really an expectation that I had of myself that I thought of the full set of things that I was doing outside of and sometimes bleeding into my personal life as part of my commitment to be a professional. So in thinking about juggling things, I always had the broad view that my professional activities at the state, but particularly at the national level, were very much a part of the work that I was expected to do. And I was benefited by the fact that from the first several years being active in ALA, almost every group that I was involved with or every activity that I contributed to in some way benefited the work that I was doing. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that I chose activities that were around improving human resource management in libraries. And I'm still involved in human resource management. It's one of the courses I teach in the program at Sims. But I think also because I had this orientation that I shouldn't draw a clear line between my work and my professional activity, it enabled me not only to see the two as integrated, but to really almost get to a stage where it was very fluid taking what challenges I found in my work and trying to find solutions for them in my professional activities, but also finding some challenges in my professional work and looking to my colleagues in the organizations where I worked for help and support in directing those. But I'll tell you one thing from the campaign that I might tell this audience about is one of the themes was question to me. What could ALA do to have more librarians recognize what it really means to be a professional? And I think one of the things I can do for my position is to talk about the importance of each of us seeing that our work goes beyond the contract we have in our organization. And it really includes not only activity where we learn and develop, but also activity where we give back and where we become very active in promoting our values and our issues and our needs in society generally. Hi, I wanted to, this is Margo again, I wanted to put in a plug for having more opportunities for volunteering available virtually. I know there are some available, but still most of the opportunities still require you to attend you know, both midwinter and annual conference, which 
you know, coming into the job market now with hardly any openings and the few that are available mostly part-time with no support to attend conferences for part-time people, um, it's just incredibly expensive to commit to going to, um, you know, three years worth of ALA conferences twice a year on your own dime and your own vacation time. And it makes it really difficult for someone just getting into the profession to uh, get started. That was one of the reasons I applied for Emerging Leaders this year was because the conferences were going to be in Dallas and Anaheim and I live in Los Angeles. Uh, so I knew I could go to Anaheim basically for free and I have a friend in Dallas, but you know that's not the case for most of the locations. So it would be really helpful I think if ALA could move even further than they've already done in that direction. I think one of the things that you can look to see happen is real progress and moving probably in the next couple of years much more quickly in that direction. So one of the things the ALA staff did in advance of the fall executive board meeting, which just took place not this past weekend but the weekend before, was to look across the several reports that have been done in the last several years. And I mentioned Future Perfect and the Young Librarians for themes. And one of the strong themes is creating more opportunities for virtual participation and meaningful virtual participation. And of course, we had the experience after annual this year of a virtual conference, and there will be one again in, after Anaheim. I'm going to make a note of this. I should do this with some of my being explicit and intentional or virtual participation in anything that I start if it's feasible. Maureen, uh, we have a text question from Joe, well, a comment on feedback on ALA applications. Perhaps the qualifications of the chosen person could be shared in such a way that everyone else would have an idea why that person was a better fit. Is that feasible? difficult to do that, and I'm not sure it would be that helpful. Um, let me try again to explain, at least this is my perspective, just about everyone who's applied where I've read their application would be a qualified person. And the process of winnowing from 300 and some to 75, I think this year it was 77, is, is really challenging, and I don't think there is a way to provide feedback to individuals about what made the difference because just because of the way the process works. I say all of that out loud and I'm sure I'm not being articulate and well understood. Any other questions that people want to uh, text in or um, ask uh, via audio? Well, Maureen, um, thank you very much. I know your schedule is really tight, and we certainly appreciate your time and your interaction um, with us today. I just wanted to thank everyone, especially Lori and the people who have been providing the technical support, Debbie and Randy. But I also wanted to encourage any of you, if you see me and have the opportunity to meet me face-to-face, -face, I would very much appreciate it if you would approach me. 
and remind me that this is how we met. This is a virtual experience we've shared, and I'd like to move from that to a personal one if there would ever be the opportunity. Well, thanks again. You've done a great job and shared a lot of great information. So, um, have I hope everything goes well for you and your year here, and, and thanks again. And thanks, everybody, for coming. Keep an eye on the SLIS webpage uh, for um, announcements on future colloquia.